It may be a little hard to find, but don't give up. We're not. It's Manson Mitchell on the weekend with Gary Manson, Suzanne Mitchell. A double shot of good conversation with great guests to power up your day. Manson Mitchell, you're on the air. Thank you, Eric Kramer. Hi, everybody. Happy Saturday. Happy weekend to you, wherever you may be. I'm Gary Mance. I'm Suzanne Mitchell. Together, we are Manson Mitchell in your ears for the hour, and we are ably assisted of a Saturday, as always, by the guy we like to call Nathan Detroit. Good morning and afternoon, <laughs> Gary and Suzanne, and... uh too bad I had to be Nathan Seattle today and <laughs> deal with all this rain because I just can't seem to get it to go away. Maybe it's sunnier in Detroit. Oh, maybe. Oh, no, 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 no. Snowier. Yeah, you don't want oh. not so much with that. <laughs> Lots of snow. Gonna, they, yeah, but spring's on the way. Right. Uh, winter storm sage is making its way across the upper Midwest and heading out east. So between today and tomorrow, lots of snow in those areas. So I think you're in a good place, Nathan. Okay. I mean, I could be in California, but I guess they're also getting snow too. So it's hard to find that good sunny spot. Maybe, ooh, Florida. You know, I live in uh, Southern it's, California it's in yeah. so many years. Sunny in Florida, as you might expect. There, I lived in California for 26 years, actually, in uh, Orange County. And I can tell you, when you get to San Bernardino County, which, if you take the right road, will get you to Las Vegas, in San Bernardino County, for them to have the kind of snowfall, it's just astonishing. I mean, global climate change is. It's a fact. It's not a theory, and it's not a hoax. It's for real, but the effects can be quite unpredictable. That's becoming a whole new science, Suzanne. Yes, that's right. All right. Thank you. With that affirmation, we will proceed. We've got it. You know, unofficially, and and it's official and it's unofficial at the same time, we're more or less quietly in the background celebrating 16 years on air this month because we actually started in March of 2007. Yes, we did. And uh, I was asking Nathan earlier how long he's been with us. And uh, he said he came in right at the beginning of the COVID pandemic, and that would have been around 2020. Does that Mm -hmm. sound right, I want to say around March. I would have to go back and check on things. But yeah, I think it was around that March time. It was a few months into it. So he's he's been with us about three years. We've been sitting here for 16, uh, started out as uh, give and take with Gary Mance on Tuesday afternoon. Yeah, that's right. We went to a Sunday night show after after the Tuesday afternoon show. We've kind of bounced around several places until we got together, Manson Mitchell. And but, you know what I find out with Nathan, if I look at it this way, it reminds me of the TV show MASH. Nathan comes in and he brings his own special brand of proficiency and his personality to mm-hmm. it. So if this were MASH, he wouldn't be Trapper John. He would be BJ Honeycutt. Oh, there you go. <laughs> I can't be radar. No. Yeah, we hope you won't be radar. That's that's just spooky. <laughs> well, sixteen is a bit of a magic number because sixteen is how many years we've been on air. And our guest today is making her sixteenth visit with us. She is one of our earliest sponsors of our show. 
And so we are very, very happy to have her on with us. Susan Harmon was born in Chicago to an Army counterintelligence officer and an actress. Her great-grandmother was a well-known Dutch psychic and belonged to the Theosophical Society, which brought Yogananda to the United States. Susan lived in occupied Japan as a child, as well as Arkansas in the 1950s and in San Francisco in the 1960s. She's an activist and has been a supporter of human rights throughout her life. And we are very happy to call her a friend. Susan Harmon, welcome to your 16th visit on Manson Mitchell. Yay! Yay! Uh, I have to tell you, you guys are whining about the weather there. I'm in Arizona, and it is sunny, and it is warm, and it's really nice. Aha, I found my place. Okay, we'll be right there. Yeah, in a couple of months, (laughs) it'll be a little hot. But right now, it's a lovely, absolutely lovely. That's why you have spring training down there in Peoria with the Mariners. um, I, I yeah. forgot to I, I forgot to mention because it, it wasn't in this this old bio that I have for you, and it is my favorite one. I've had so many intros for you, but I love that one with your background information. And of course, there is so much that did not get included, but one of the important ones was that you had your own show on KKNW for a long time, the Susan Harmon Hour, and a lot of people remember you from those days. Well, some of them happily and others not so much. But um, the one thing about my show when I had it uh, on the air there was um, I did it the way I wanted to. I I didn't have guests that just paid me to be on the air. I had people that I wanted people to hear that had something to share, that had knowledge, you know, and, and I did a lot of variety. So, but as you know, I had some issues and I have not been on the air and I haven't been doing anything. But when you guys call me and ask me if I wanted to, I'm going to spill the beans here. I did okay. stop crying. I did because it touched me so much. I love you both so very much. And that you wanted me on this anniversary show just touched me so deeply. Yes, we were we were thinking about you as we were coming up in our anniversary month. And we said, you know, it'd be great to bring Susan back and talk to her. In your introduction, I I talk about you being a, a child of uh, an army counterintelligence officer and an actress and living in occupied Japan. And I know we we've talked about this somewhat before, but here's my question to you. You have a real deep down interest in human rights. You always have had that. Do you think that was influenced by your moving around the world? Yes, I do. Um, I, um, when we lived in Japan, we were the first dependents to go to Japan after World War II. We were the only non-Japanese in the town where we lived. And my brother spoke Japanese before he spoke English. Wow, and uh, it was it was amazing, and I that was my first, uh, in you know, introduction to racism. 
um, these, my Japanese friends came and said, oh, there's some American kids have moved in. I was so excited. I'm an American. They're Americans. This would be really neat, you know? So I went with my friends down there, and when we got to where the American kids were, they were throwing rocks at my friends. And they were calling them gooks. And I didn't know what that word meant, but I knew it wasn't nice. So I went home and asked my mom, Mom, what's a gook? What does that mean? She said, where did you hear that? I said, the new American kids were calling my friends that. And then my mom, who was a wonderful woman, explained racism to me and what it meant and why we didn't do it. And I never had anything to do with those American kids after that. I stayed with my Japanese friends. Yeah, you know, there's there's interesting things that we pick up at an early age or we hear about. I'll tell you one of mine, and that was I was riding in the car with my mom and dad. I was in the back seat. They were in the front, and they had the radio on, and they were talking about a, a Chinese family that had killed their baby daughter because they wanted to try again for a son. And as a very young girl, I I said to I said to my parents, well, why why would they do that? I don't understand why they would do that. I why? And and one of my parents said, Well, boys are considered more valuable. What? What? Yeah, they're harder to get. And so they were they killed their daughter to try and get a son isn't it funny you know the things you pick up as a real young person that have a big big influence on your thinking yeah and and they help mold who you are and, and how you look at the world and with regard to the human rights that was a really early lesson about racism, but you lived in a lot of places around the world. Did you encounter it again? Did what? Did you encounter racism in other places that you lived around the world? Yeah, I was in Arkansas when they desegregated Central High. And I saw some really horrendous things. And I, I didn't understand that either. What? Like, uh, skin is a different color, so you don't like them. Well, I don't and like not the just, person. It's, yeah, it's it's one thing to resent them, but Susan, because you were there, tell us a little bit about what you did see, as much as you can share. You know, in polite society and on the radio, what was it that yeah. you were witnessing that struck your conscience? Okay, I'll tell you an incident. Um, we were taking our maid, who was black. Uh, in the car with us, three children. My mom was a widow. Uh, my my father died from a brain tumor because of the war and at 36. And here's my mom with our black maid and the three little kids in the back seat. And we were stopping to get gas. And the guy started using the N-word and blah, 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 how he hated those people. And he was standing over our gas tank with a cigarette in his hand and threatening to put the cigarette in the gas tank. And it was all my mom could do to stay calm, and we got out of there. We were all terrified. I looked back out the rearview mirror, so I mean the rearview window, and saw this guy and the 
how he was filled with hatred. It, 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 it changed him. And that made a huge impression on me. This man wanted to kill us because blacks and whites were in the same car. I couldn't understand that. How, and how old were you about at that time? Were you in high school uh, or no, grammar no, school? No, I was in grade school. My dad okay. died uh, when I was uh, like six. Oh, okay. my goodness. Wow. That's something I never knew about you, Susan. Yeah. Well, there's a lot of things you don't know. <laughs> That's true. We're going to see if we can't dig out a couple of those things today. <laughs> it, it's something that I have... for. <laughs> right. It's just something I've been aware about you since we first met is the idea of uh, justice, of fairness, of, uh, of sticking up for people. And I, I know that you have been, uh, you know, very interested in human rights and talked about that on your radio show a lot. Additionally, you talked a lot about uh, First Peoples and your interest yeah. in Native Americans. And I was wondering what incident, if any, that you had that brought your interest and focus in that direction? Well, you know, my daughter is, her husband is full blood native. And what they've gone through, uh, what they've gone through as a people is uh, unbelievably horrid. Uh, we do not acknowledge you know, we came into this big, empty land. There was nobody here, and it was just free land, right? No, it wasn't. There were human beings that lived here, and we took away their land. We took away their, 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 who they were, and there were horrible, horrendous things that were done to the First Nations people. And, and I've stood up for that as good as I can, but there's so much more that has to be done. The, the church and the government still owes these people. It's horrendous what was done to them. And it's still being done. So, yeah, and it's in my family, you know. These are my relatives. So, you know, you know go ahead. When Gary and I have traveled around various places in the United States, one of the things that has struck me is... When I, when I think of the uh, First Nations people, I think of them as like one type or one <laughs> nationality. And yeah. every place we go, we find different tribes, different names. There's hundreds, if not thousands, of different distinct groups of people who were here in the beginning, some of whom have been wiped out completely and yeah. remnants of some of those still here. But it, it has always surprised me, depending on what state you are in, who it was that was there before you. It is, and they, they've had a certain comeback. Uh, we have a, a person on the, uh, on, uh, the council yeah, for the country that's native, and yes. that is a huge step. I mean, I am so glad it's, but it's, you know, it's late in coming, and we still have reparations. As far as I'm concerned, we need to pay those reparations. 
Well, I'm going to let that one go because uh, I'm still on. I have a mixed opinion about that whole situation, particularly how it would be implemented there. But uh, well, Libby, there's I'll a, say there's a way it can be done and done fairly. Uh, but yeah, you're you're right. It could be complicated or it could be simplified. And there there are people who know how to do it, and we just need to talk to those who who get it and can do it fairly and honestly. And you're right. There can be a lot of confusion because some people say, well, my people were blah, blah, blah. So, you know, there is a lot of confusion around it. Uh, yes. Yeah, so on on that, we are totally agreed. And it just so happens that we're having this conversation during a time in American history, which uh, a friend of ours, Stefan Schwartz, regards as the trend known as the Great Schism. When Marjorie Taylor Greene talks about we need a national divorce, I'm not saying she's right, but she isn't. She's right about very little, in my opinion. There, but Marjorie Taylor Greene is pointing to a schism: the the red party versus the blue party. Do you identify as a conservative? Do you identify as a liberal or a progressive? If we're going to choose up sides like that, it is a very strange version of the the initial phase of a kind of civil war. If we have a civil war again in this country, Susan, it's not going to be fought like it was fought in Gettysburg. No. It will be fought in the streets by civilians as much as by soldiers or the National Guard. That's what's so horrifying about the prospect of this great schism. Well, you know, you brought up a point that's very, very important because we have treated our military like dirt. Uh, we we have suicide in the of the young men in the ter- in the military now at an incredible rate because we say things like thank you for your service which i absolutely despise because it's empty words well what you're really saying is hey i'm glad you went and i didn't have to do it because you know i don't want to i don't want to get shot at so there's a lot going on and i i would really like to see on so many of these things that are happening now how many of these guys that the shootings that take place are veterans, untreated veterans that have never been, they've never been able to deal with their trauma because we ignore it. We pretend it's not there. And there's tremendous trauma. And I'd like to know, why aren't they being treated? I'll tell you what a gentleman in Sarasota said. In Sarasota, Florida, where Suzanne and I reside, has a great many veterans. They come here for the sun and the fun, and basically they come here to retire and then die. And they have a big memorial park here for veterans. Gorgeous memorial cemetery for the veterans. Excellent point, Suzanne. And yet, with all that being the case, there was one veteran who, um, he was an old salt there and he'd seen a lot and he told an interviewer that they love us meaning the veterans they love us when they need us but when they Uh don't need us anymore they forget all about us that's right and it's not treated the way the retirement my father had is completely different than what these men get today completely if they don't get very much they don't i almost I almost blew it, right? They don't get very much, but they should. You can't ask people to put their lives up for you and then ignore them like, well, we don't need you now. Go away. It's it's outrageous. 
And that is another way of saying, as a friend of mine in Seattle once pointed out, it's a way now it's men and women before it used to be the yeah. men. Now women are involved there and on the front lines, too. But what uh, what he said was men traditionally have been viewed as expendable for wars. Well, thanks for that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I met a uh, I met a woman veteran a few years ago, and she said if a car backfires, she just you know, no treatment, no one cares. I mean, you 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 know, saying thank you for your service, I find horrendous. Now I argue with people about this. They just say, well, it's a way of being nice. I say, no, it's dismissive. I didn't have to go. You went. Good for you. It's not good for you. They are really suffering, and we don't care. I care, but what can I do? I don't know. I'm going to find out. You know? <laughs> yeah. So, and yeah, Gary, there Gary are a lot doesn't, of things that are wrong, but there's a lot of things that are good, too. Yeah, Gary doesn't like the TV commercials where they say, send your $19 a month. Well, thanks for bringing that up. <laughs> I'll put it. I'll put it in in slightly more sophisticated terms, so people don't get the wrong idea here. There, this idea of you know the wounded warriors, for example. I do yeah. have an objection, and I consider it a principled one, to organizations like wounded warriors. I don't mean to be picking on them, but they're just such a perfect example. We have a Congress with the power of the purse. That's in the lower house, right. the lower chamber of the house that we have a commander in chief in the Oval Office. We have joint chiefs of staff. We have a, an enormous place called the Pentagon where the Defense Department does its work. With all of that, and with veterans quite often feeling like they are simply expendable units made yep. available for war as an instrument of state policy, my gripe about the organizations that want your $19 a month and maybe they send you a handbag or an armband or something they send you, my question is always the same. Why are they necessary? Why should somebody with a country star telling me, you know, say a prayer for peace and here, send us $19 a month and you get this armband? And I go, what? What Congress spends the money to go to war. The commander in chief gives the orders. The generals make sure they are carried out, et cetera, et cetera. When people come home broken physically, many of them without one or more limbs, many coming back essentially without their minds, certainly not with consciousness intact. When all of that is going on, I ask the same question every time one of those commercials comes on. Why does Congress, why do the American people through their elected representatives not guarantee that anyone going off to war and coming back wounded, whether in dire straits or even with something that they could use some help in managing, PTSD being one of them. Why would we not do everything in our power, including the power of the purse, to make sure that they are taken care of for life? That is an obligation we owe our men and women in uniform. I felt that way 10 years ago. I've been thinking about it ever since, and I still feel the same way today. I, I can't disagree with that one darn bit. What my father got, the young men today do not get, and that's wrong. And it's a hidden war. We've had 20 years of a hidden war. And only the, the the people that are hidden and to say thank you for your service and go on about your business not, is not going to get it. It's dismissive. 
and they deserve more than that. Now, I personally am anti-war. I don't want to see war. I don't like it at all. I'm a pacifist. But we don't have, we have a very violent country. I mean, that's what we are. And we're going to have to face that. We need to be caring of the people we do these put in harm's way. I totally agree with you on that. I mean, there's there's very little we can't do for these people. And it's not just men now. It's women, too. And they are traumatized, physically wounded, as well as mentally wounded. It's, it's, it's not good. And we just ignore it. We pretend like it doesn't exist. I honestly think the reason we're having so many problems, you know, with uh, um, with people in the police department is because those are veterans. But we don't we don't name it, so we don't do anything about it. <clears throat> Sorry, it just it well, really that's a, this is very thought provoking. It really is because it's there is a way in which people say America first, and I, I, that's a very loaded term. But when you uh, talk yeah. about America first, there what are Americans who, yeah, what does it mean? And what does it mean on a practical basis? In the yeah. case of the veterans, I don't think there is a veteran, particularly veterans of foreign wars, who should ever come back doubting for one second that their needs are going to be met by the country that sent them off to war. That, to me, is just plain common sense. It's also good morality. It, it is. Now, my father was buried in the first uniform he ever had. That's how well made it was. You can't do that today. It's not, we, we give less and less and expect more. It doesn't make any sense to me. If you're going to be a warring, warring nation, then you better honor the people that you're, you're putting in. I mean, one of my closest friends, husband, ha, has lost both his arms. You know, and it, uh, it's not right. It's not right. There's not enough money to be, but pay you for your body. Well, that's it. If there isn't enough money to go around, we ought to be looking at how we're spending money around the world, though I quickly exactly. add, I am yeah. 100% in favor of Ukraine. I pray for them. I, yes. In my heart, I know that They're they amazing. will win this war. There will be a Ukraine, not Ukraine as part of Russia, again, as in the Soviet Union, as it once was. I don't believe that will happen. Uh, God forbid, as far as I'm concerned, there are other needs. There are other countries in the world who have interests either identical to or quite similar to our own. Everybody who loves freedom, everybody who believes in democracy, a healthy, structured democracy has a stake in the outcome of this current war that the Ukrainians sure didn't start. This is Putin's yeah. war and he needs to fail and he needs to be held accountable for crimes against humanity. humanity That's how I yes. feel. Yes. Well, the, you know, the Ukrainians weren't supposed to last a week. That's right. They weren't supposed to have lasted a week. No one thought, their supporters thought they wouldn't. Man, you've got to admire that. And anyone that, that downgrades our president for going there is out of their minds. That was an incredible act. Incredible. Oh, I agree 100%. And he did it. They're walking out in the open with what security the Ukrainians could provide in our own secret service. They're with air raid sirens going off. There, but he was no there anyway to make a statement. Like. 
Sorry. Imagine sorry. imagine living with that every day. You go to bed at night and yeah. you're hearing it at 2 a.m. You get up in the morning, try to cobble together some breakfast, and you're hearing it again. <clears throat> Look at the psychological damage beyond the physical. Do we it's need to support the Ukrainians? Yes, we do. We are going to take our one and only break of this hour and just a moment. But I also want to mention topic is going to change after the break because we have other things we want to talk to Susan Harmon about. And one of them is her birthday tomorrow. So if you would like to wish Susan Harmon a happy birthday, I want to go ahead and give out the numbers. The numbers to call in are area code 425 373-5527. And that's from anywhere. 425-373-5527. If you're in Western Washington, there's also a toll-free number, which is 1-888-298-5569. We're going to take our break now. When we come back, more with Susan Harmon, including birthday wishes. And we hope to hear from you then. So we'll be right back. Hi, everybody. This is Anson Williams from Happy Days. And I'm so excited to tell you about American Road. It is the best car travel magazine in the world. They have the most fantastic adventures detailed in each magazine with all your itinerary. We could just jump in the car with your family and have the most fabulous adventures you've ever had in your life. Please get a copy of American Road and start your own adventure. Staying connected with Gary Mance and Suzanne Mitchell is easy. Just go to manceandmitchell.com for the latest info on topics and guests. Friend Gary Mance and Suzanne Mitchell on their Facebook pages and like the Mance and Mitchell show page at facebook.com slash Mitchell. If you're on Twitter, share a follow with Gary and Suzanne at Mance Mitchell. Join Gary and Suzanne Friday and Saturday mornings at 10 a.m. for an unusual show that covers everything from personal growth to the paranormal. Here's an amazing act. Here's a tremendous act. Here's a startling act. The amazing, the thrilling, the greatest, spectacular, incredible, exciting, wonderful, world-famed, most unusual novelty act. The home of the A-Team of Alternative Talk is manceandmitchell.com. Heard right here on Alternative Talk 1150 a.m. or streaming live from your computer anywhere. Terry Loving wants to help you with your online marketing challenges right now. She has several courses she is giving away to help you get your business working for you online. Yes, giving away. WordPress websites are her specialty, yet her technical skills go way beyond that. Check out her blog at terryloving.com or email her directly at terry at terryloving.com. That's terry at terryloving.com. On Friday, Manson Mitchell welcome back Bridget Dengel Gaspard with more insight about using your multiple selves to best advantage in accomplishing that final eighth of your goal. On Saturday, Matt Shea sits in the guest host chair and he will be joined by Skip and Sharon Weingang to talk about synchronicities and serendipity in everyday life. Have they ever got stories? Bringing you mastery and mystery since 2007. We are Manson Mitchell, Friday and Saturday mornings at 10 on Alternative Talk AM 1150. Broaden your horizons. You'll be amazed at all the topics we cover on Alternative Talk 1150. Welcome back to Manson Mitchell and our special guest this hour, Susan Harmon. In this month of March 2023, Gary and I are celebrating 16 years on air, an anniversary more than a birthday, but our guest today has an actual birthday 
coming up tomorrow. And that is Susan Harmon. Susan, we have some people on the phone who would like to say hello to you. So are you ready to take a call? Sure. All right. Let's talk to Sean first from Seattle. Sean, say hello to Susan Harmon. Susan, happy birthday. My favorite Pisces. Oh, thank you. Oh, good I, to hear you. Good to hear you on the on the radio again. Thank you so much, Sean. I appreciate that. Maybe I'll come back. Maybe they'll ask me. Maybe who knows? <laughs> <laughs> KKNW is at a loss without you. I'm looking oh. forward to getting back on the air. Yeah, well, we got Manson Mitchell. We can't beat that. So. That's true. Yeah, we, we, yes. we can't carry the whole load. Come on now, Susan. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I'll they're, help. They're, I'll they're, help. They're, they're a good opening act, but we need to start the show. Okay. Thank you so much. Thank you, Susan. Well, Bye. thank nope. you, Sean. Sean was uh, instrumental in reminding us that, uh, you know, we were all friends and He'd love to have you back again on air. And, and we said, well, we'll bring her back. We took that as inspiration. From we Sean. did. We did. So uh, we wanted to make sure that we uh, that we brought Sean on first. We also have another well-wisher. We have Dennis calling from Muckleteo. Dennis, say hello to Susan Harmon. Are you with us, Dennis? Yeah. Happy birthday, Susan. Oh, thank you, Dennis. How are you doing? Doing good. Good. That This is a really nice birthday present to have you say happy birthday to me. Thank you, Dennis. Yeah, we need to get back on the air. Well, we'll see what happens. <laughs> well, that's great. Thanks, already Dennis. live on air. But live on air, we're already experiencing a groundswell of support for your eventual return, Susan. You better take this seriously. Really? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, we appreciate your well wishes, Dennis. Thank you for calling in today. Okay. All right. Dennis has been a been a supporter of mine for years. Nice. Oh, that's excellent. Nice. He's a really good guy. How about that, Dennis? Pretty good. He's gone. Yeah, He's gone. But but yeah. that's okay because we have we have another caller. Sean and Dennis both taking time to to call in today, and thank you to Sean especially for just suggesting that this would be a good thing to do. We talk about Susan Harmon frequently, and uh, wish that we saw her more often. Wish we lived closer together, but Sean. It really takes you to heart, Susan, as someone who represents the values he wants to emulate in his own life. That's quite a compliment to you. Well, thank you. It is a compliment to me because you know how many people don't like what I say? <laughs> well, you know, it, and I don't you, care. You stick your head up above the rest, and uh, obviously it's going to be like whack a mole, and somebody's going to try and put you down, but you also do a lot of good in the world. We have Jessica and Walter calling from Edmonds. Jessica and Walter, say hello to Susan Harmon. Hi, Susan. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. Thank you. Love you. We love you so much. You're an absolute inspiration. Knowing you has changed my life for the better and Walter's life, too. And you're inspiring and wonderful voice of love and wisdom and power and empowerment. Yeah, many blessings now and for the year to come and for the 
lifetime to yeah. come. Solar return blessings in Pisces. Well, that's true. I should ask you to do some astrology, Walter. <laughs> He's a wonderful astrologer, among other things. And she is an amazing woman, absolutely amazing. So I'm very blessed to have them in my life. Well, that's great to hear. It's blessings to you, Jessica and Walter. Before you hang up, though, there now that that cat's out of the bag, Walter, as an astrologer, do you work at uh, as an avocation or is, do you do it professionally? I wouldn't say professionally, but I do work as a an astrologer and help develop astrology software and make it available online. Well, tell them the software you developed, honey. Sure, go ahead, plug it, Walter. You're on the air. Do it, buddy. (laughs) Yes, it's called Astrolog, and it's downloadable from astrolog.org. Astrolog.org, fantastic. And we didn't charge the guy a dime to do this. (laughs) This is great. Walter, I'm curious about your own practice of astrology, and I'm particularly interested in this. Now, Susan Harmon does a lot of her own spiritual work. Everybody knows this. But as an astrologer, Walter, do you look sometimes for your to satisfy your own curiosity? 30, 60, 90 days ahead, the transits. Do you look at those to get sort of a clue as to what we as a society or what the world in its entirety is going to be facing just up ahead? Oh, absolutely. It's like a spiritual or energetic weather report. By seeing the energies that come through, you can align yourself with them and know to, for example, not Okay, so, well, yeah, I'm sorry. That. If you can stay in one place as you say that, you sounded a little bit like you were underwater there. So just, it, it sounds like you do it where you get, I heard you say something about an astrological weather report. I'd never thought of it that way. That's quite intriguing. Yes, indeed, because it's like you can look and see what energies are coming in a spiritual sense in the same way that we can get a physical weather report to see what's coming in a physical sense. And I think that since, you know, we're physical beings and we're spiritual beings and we're, we're both, that you can look at the astrology or you can look at um, physical weather, and both of those can allow you to, you know, align yourself and align ourselves with the universe around us. Very well Very stated. Yes. Susan, you keep some pretty good company. That's excellent. I do indeed. I do indeed. Jessica and Walter, thank you for calling and wishing Susan Harmon a happy birthday for tomorrow. Yes. Happy birthday. Yeah, blessing. Happy birthday, game of love. Thank you. I like to do a birthday month, actually. <laughs> sure of you course do. you do. Of course you do. You know, I, I don't know how much you want to say, and I'm gonna leave that entirely up to you. But I do want to say that you you had quite a big move going from Washington State down to Arizona and a lot of of uh, life experiences. How much of that would you like to uh, mention today? Well, I'll very briefly uh, say this. I, I refer to it as my brain blue. I, I don't like the word that people use because it doesn't describe what happens to you. But uh, I was unable to... to talk or do anything for a while, and um, I've been getting steadily better, and I keep practicing brain exercises and doing all of that. Um, who, who does, I've looked at life from both sides now. Doesn't Judy Collins. Do, no, not Judy Collins. 
Um, well, she did it. This <laughs> <laughs> made it famous. Uh, uh, anyway, the singer, she had the same kind of brain injury. And, Joni Mitchell. Uh, Joni Mitchell is who, Joni who Mitchell, is. thank you. No, no relation to me. No, but she's an amazing woman, and she had the same thing. And I feel that I've actually done better than she has because I am fortunate enough to have a daughter that doesn't baby me. And, you know, like right at first I walked in a zigzag way and I had one leg dragged, and now I can walk in a straight line, which is fantastic. I sound really good, but I don't remember everything. So I'm getting better steadily. Uh, we're talking about almost two years, and, and we're, I'm working on it. But I think that when you have an injury like I did, I mean, I went to zero. I couldn't tell you what, who, what, where I lived. I, you know, I've traveled all over the world. I mean, I lost it all. But I've steadily been building it back and working on it on a steady basis. I mean, I'm very fortunate to have the people I have in my life that are there for me. And how have you found health care in America right now? Has it worked for you? No, it's crap. Oh, shoot. Sorry. That's okay. <laughs> crap is okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> no, it's it, it, health care in America is, is non-existent. We have sick care. And, you know, if you get any kind of help, it doesn't last long enough. You don't get the care you need. In other countries, you know, like vacation. If you get a one-week vacation in this country, you're doing great. You get a month in every other country, you know? Uh, it, it bothers me because we should be number one and we're not. <laughs> we don't have good health care in this country. But if you're like I am, you're going to find what you need anyway. Yes. And it's not with the doctors. I mean, I'm having right. to find, find it on my own. And you know me. I it's really hard to keep the old gal down. <laughs> and speaking of old with your birthday tomorrow, the, the last thing, last note I had taken, because you and I had talked about this on the phone, you said it was really interesting that you're coming up against ageism. And I was wondering yeah. how that showed up in your life. Well, it's interesting. Uh, you're right. Ageism, I had never re recognized it as big a thing as it is, especially towards women. People will talk around you. They'll talk to the person next to you and ignore you completely, completely be ignored. And you know me, I'm not used to being ignored. So it was like, whoa, what are we doing here? And to be talked over and around is uh, very discouraging. But we do that in this country. We just ignore anyone that's older, like, they, like they're non-existent. And that is very difficult. Uh, yeah. And also, having spent time living in Japan, I would think there would be a huge distinction from what I have heard about elders being much more revered in yes. some of the Eastern countries, as opposed to being set aside the way they are more in the Western cultures. That's absolutely true. I mean, we, uh, we're just sort of dismissive. We're youth culture, which is kind of ridiculous because there's a lot you do not learn until you age. You know, that's, that's a value. True. And that's and going to be an important sociological consideration of political and economic as well, because 
there's a saying that's been floated around for a while amongst men. Uh, women have their own point of view, of course, but uh, a lot of guys will say, once you turn 50, they stop noticing you. That's like your expiration date as a, a virile man, presumably an attractive man, that ceases to be appreciated once you hit 50. But I got news in whatever context you want to take a remark like that. And as I say, the ladies will have their own perspective. But my point in bringing oh, yeah. it up is that if you think that's the case where, okay, that's the deadline for your your participation especially intimate participation and being an attractive human being, a person of worth, regardless of gender. Guess what, folks? That phrase graying of America is not fictional. No, that's the, the, the baby boomers are graying. And um, honestly, I think I'm a sexy broad no matter what. You know, so it doesn't bother me a bit. When people, but it does and it doesn't. In social instances, they can just try to ignore you, and I won't be ignored. You know, I can remember being a young girl myself, looking at my grandmothers and elderly people, and thinking that they really didn't know much because they were so old. I mean, mm -hmm. I was in school, mm -hmm. I was learning things, I was reading books, uh, doing reports, and in my mind, I, I said to myself, I'm young and I know a lot and they're old and they don't know anything. Well, it's a lot different now that I'm an older person. <laughs> and, and I'm thinking, hey, I know a lot of stuff. And, right. and I look down at the young kids and, and I think, you don't know nearly what I do. You just know a different set of things. You know, they right. might know technology better than me. But they certainly don't know history better. There's a lot they don't know. Geography. I mean, there's a lot of things that, that I find that uh, I haven't. Uh, and the English language. I mean, it's oh being butchered technologically. And and so I, I feel like there's a lot I know that they don't. We have one more caller who would like to uh, wish you a happy birthday. So let's go ahead and take our caller on line one. And this would be Heather. Say hello to Susan Herman. Hey, hello. Happy birthday. Hey, do I know happy you? Birthday. <laughs> happy birthday. <laughs> we just wanted to call and wish you happy birthday. And we love you. We love you. I love you guys, too. Okay. That's really sweet. Thank you for calling. Okay, so okay. how do you know these people, What's Susan? What's the connection? Well, oh. I gave birth to this one. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. So it, it, we can interpret that as a personal connection. Yes. I, well, I guess. <laughs> and you know what? I couldn't remember. What tribe is the Mac? Oh, uh, Turtle Mountain Band of Chippewa from North Dakota. Wow. That's yeah. a mouthful. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I was trying to tell them earlier, you know, that, uh, that his people, he and his people really were not well treated and no. it's amazing how well he's done and but part of that and i know i shouldn't do this but part of that is due to my daughter she's an amazing woman and she really helped her husband tremendously oh thank you mom <laughs> that's because i had you oh and uh <laughs> and i just remember um i just wanted to say as far as um with the, the elders and stuff for a time there I was an end of life uh, caregiver because of how much um, 
my mom instilled in us to take care of the elders, to to listen to them, that uh, that they really did hold a lot of wisdom. And um, I am very grateful for that because I have learned, I've learned so much in taking care of the elders that I took care of until they, you know, passed away. It was just amazing um, the knowledge that they had inside of them. And um, I learned that all from you. And uh, Mac also... Yep. Says he loves you. I love and, you, yep. And, you know, we were just saying that how much you've helped us in um, with Mac and the Archdiocese case and um, well, on many uh, things with the Standing Rock. And um, so you've been very supportive all the way, well, actually all my, my whole life, but, um, you know, but with Mac and the tribal um, issues have been very important to us. So we love you. Thank you. I love you too. Okay. We'll bug you tomorrow or later on tonight. I'm sure. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) All right. Happy birthday. Thank you for calling Heather. Thanks Heather. That was lovely. That was a surprise. Yes, indeed. Very nice. Very nice. I just have to say a quick note. Uh, A lot of people haven't heard of standing rock, but if you haven't looked it up, people, it's very important. There were only just a few of us, and it's the first time that the tribes came together, and it's very powerful. So please, uh, please look up Standing Rock if you don't know anything about it, because it's worth knowing. Excellent. Just saying. <laughs> just saying. Just saying. I, we we have just a few minutes left, Susan, but and I could talk to you about a dozen subjects, and we'd never get past one or two because you have such detailed insights, but just. Perhaps at the visceral level, let me ask you, Susan, with all of your experience and all of your learning, how are you handling the evident knowledge that there is a movement already underway in our nation to restrict what people are allowed to learn and particularly to read? Well, it's called education. If you can't get it one place, get it yourself. Do not allow this to happen and look to see who you're voting for because that is how laws are made. And if you allow other people to run it, then guess what? You lose. So participate. Get in there and change things because if you don't, they'll change them for the worse. That's very well stated. And what I find is that because of Supreme Court decisions or the movements of uh, political parties and individuals within those parties who attain prominence and get elected to office in many ways. They have the vested interest, and it can seem existentially overwhelming to be Mm -hmm. a lone person, the individual against the state or a particular party or a political movement. I think the big challenge going forward is going to be for those of us who feel a certain way who don't feel heard, who don't feel like we count, to make our voices heard in a way that has a good outcome down the road, has some potential for success. A lot of people are scared about that, that they're simply going to be left behind. And the people who want things their way are saying, we were the ones who were left behind. Now we're in charge and we're going to do things our way. Doesn't seem like a country can work very well if you don't have a way to coalesce around shared values. 
There's nothing to fear but fear itself. If you allow yourself to be afraid, you've already lost. Let go of your fear and get in there and do the right thing and talk to people. I find that when I talk to someone that doesn't agree with me, I can persuade them gently or we can still be friends in a different way. I'm finding that it it uh, it works out that I can still be friends with people who don't share my viewpoint, but it right. is it, it is a it is based on something else. You know, it isn't on the fact that we think alike about things. It's, right. It has to be about another interest. I agree. And you build on that, though, because if I can respect you, that's a first step. Yeah, and we've got, also, yeah. go ahead. It's also people being informed. They need to be informed themselves because knowledge is power. And ignorance is going to, down. you're going to fall down with it. And that's what's happening in our country. And it, it, it saddens me, but we can fix it. I know we can. We, we've got it in us. I appreciate that note of optimism. I don't see any percentage in just giving up. No, no, no. Never give up. And I you mean, haven't given up. And you've been fighting a good fight for your for your good health and for your values and viewpoints. And I, I will always think of you as the the uh, the woman who fights for the human rights, and uh, and so I hold you in high esteem for uh, for the work that you've done, Susan, and uh, very very pleased to have you available for today and be able to reconnect on air as I, as we did years ago. I thank you so much. You don't have any idea. How much good this has done me. It, it, it's inspired me to grow grow more and, and get better. Yeah, and you will. You will. There, and what that calls for is repeated visits. So let's not lose each other's <laughs> phone numbers because we'll have you back and we'll talk about burning issues of the day. 2024 ain't that far away. No, it's not. And we're going to... You know what? This country... It has its ups and its downs, but we're on our way back up, baby. Oh, I love the sounds of that. That and a piece of birthday cake. You got yes, it. Yes, <laughs> I would I would love a piece of birthday cake. <laughs> All right. I'd Thank like you, whole Susan. Cake all to myself. Thank Nothing you. wrong with Thank that. Thank you, Susan. Great right, to have you with you us again. You bet. We'll be in touch. All right. Bye bye. All right. Join us next Friday. We're gonna do this all over again next weekend. And between now and then, we hope you have a great week ahead, everyone.